Thanks for listening to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Greg, how's it going? It's actually good. I got a dancing partner with me today. So yeah, <laughs> it's always fun. It's always fun. That's uh, You know, the, the, the dance, uh, we don't talk about it enough anymore. I mean, we, we should talk about that, everyone. It's like last week we did the thing on, on joy, you know, the, the podcast on joy. Um, and, you know, it, it's like this whole, like, since we've done that podcast, I've been thinking about that so much. And it's like, man, you've got it figured out. You just dance. <laughs> that does bring me joy for sure. You know, and I, I think when I we didn't give that tip. <laughs> well, when I'm when I'm dancing, you know, before each show, and I hear the music, and nobody else is dancing with me, I think back dancing by myself. Wasn't that a song? Dancing or oh, dance yeah, dan- with myself? Dancing with myself. Yeah, but that's that's a whole different. You know, I don't, I don't want to go there, yeah. but right, right. it's always more fun when our guests and you, Russ. Join me for for the dance. It definitely adds a little more excitement and energy to the show. So today, all three all three of us were dancing before the show. So I'm, I'm I was it. I am I was I, I I had to I had to jump in. I had to do it. I, it's it's I know you know. I mean, sometimes I'm like pushing buttons and stuff, and I don't want to hit the wrong button, so I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with you, Russ? You've got a lot going on right now. Oh, I do have a lot going on. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's I'm I'm, I'm settling in. Uh, so I, we haven't really talked about this, but I I changed roles, different company. I've, I'm you know I've 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 uh, jumped back to uh, to to beeswax, which is awesome. Um, running the marketing, which is great, helping to you know do other clients. The, the cool thing about it is I've added some video like stuff that we're doing and I kind of miss doing video. So you and I did so much video stuff together. Like right. at our company, we had what, uh, like, I don't know, 3000 different videos that we <laughs> like were created. We yes. got to work with the, the, the Emmy award winning guy that was running our video team. Yes. I, I don't know if he wants his name thrown out there, but three like, time, three time award winning three time. Exactly. Yes. I mean, so cool. So it, it's kind of fun to be just doing different things and and changing things up again, uh, which it's it's great. I I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, I think that's what what brings me a lot of joy too is just change. You know, well, like now that something uh, different. now that uh, you know, I have that new pickleball podcast, third uh-huh, shot, uh-huh. right? Everybody, right? third shot. Um, and you've been doing a lot with that show to really help me get off the ground. And that's been so much fun as well. Exactly. So it's just all these different things. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. You know, it's like, it's, it's fun to have, uh, uh, like this buffet of things in front of me and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go do this today. I'm going to go do that today. It's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like today, for instance, I'm going to do a podcast with you. (laughs) I, I love uh, uh, grabbing from that one. And we that have an amazing guest today. That we do. Kimberly Spencer, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to be here and dancing with you, Greg and Russ, oh. because like <laughs> I You I made my day, Kimberly. You made my day <laughs> dancing with me. Come on. That makes me so happy. I love like in my business practice, I love combining like ancient wisdom and there's a if you would have gone to a shaman with some sort of disease, uh, one of the questions they would ask is, when was the last time you danced? Oh, and okay. it, Interesting. It, okay. There's such a power in moving our bodies on a daily basis, not just 
you know, exercise and like lifting or whatever your form of exercise of choice is. But the movement that comes from dance and being in community, um, I've just spent the past weekend in a in a all female uh, six and seven figure business owner community conference where literally we put our purses like as a, what was that comedian from like back in the 2000s like Dane Cook would say we put our purses in a circle and we just danced and it was oh. so <laughs> it was so liberating like I, ha- I, I haven't hit the club with two kids in a while so like it was so <laughs> liberating to just be in that community and moving and yeah. so I love the fact that you're bringing joy and dancing and movement into into your businesses and into what it is that you do because fun is such a principle of conscious leadership. And so often we can take business pretty damn seriously, especially when we're going through problems and challenges and struggles. And just smiling every day. You know, some people don't smile. It's like, (laughs) I I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at each other, right? It's on video. We don't, we don't publish the video part of it, but we have some guests that as funny as Russ and I are, they don't smile. I'm like, what's going on? Come on. What, what do you like in the rest of your life? If you're with us and you're not smiling, oh my goodness. Well, you, you mentioned you left the out the, uh, You left out the think we are. The funniest yeah. is the think we are. Yeah. As, as you think you are. I agree with you though on the smiling piece because I did a little experiment because I'm training for a marathon right now. And my I, as I started running more and doing my runs, I would see people running and man, they look miserable. Like they look like they're just <laughs> suffering. And so I would like run and, and smile at them. And if they smiled back, I actually found that my pace would speed up faster. And if Ooh, they didn't and they were kind of grumpy, my pace would kind of slow down just a little bit. Um, but it was interesting seeing the response of just how our influence is when we're running past somebody. And I was taught that very early on by a client of mine who said, you can change the world with a smile. Like imagine if some of the, you know, dictators of the world got smiled at a few more times. Maybe they wouldn't be such, you know, dictators. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, we're, we're jumping right into this uh, just because we're having fun here. But uh, the the thing that got me, so I, uh, you know, you'd reached out um, to be a guest on the show. And the thing that got me was this line was uh, you're helping visionary leaders transform their self-limiting stories, stand out authentically, and build their empire. I want to touch on the self-limiting stories. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. So the stories that we tell ourselves are typically the ones that we most deeply believe and the ones that are the most BS as well. Um mm-hmm. I was literally on a call with a client just the other day, and we were working through this perception of intimidation, big um, executive, and he would go into a room with other, you know, big, powerful executives, and and there would be the feeling of that, like, little inner child feeling intimidated of, oh, these people have accomplished so much more than me. And I just I, – I asked him, I said, what does it feel like in your body when you're feeling intimidated? Because our unconscious mind runs our body. And so sometimes our body knows before our brain does when we're leaning into something or leaning uh, – it, it just it just knows. It has a deeper knowing. And he said it felt like, you know, kind of imploding, like feeling small, like feeling like you had to like, you know, bow down to the big boys in the room. And I said – Well, the greatest power that we have is our power to choose. 
and there's a book series that I love for kids that I read to my sons called um, uh, it's the, What Would Danny Do? And it's like a choose your own adventure, but he has a superpower called his power to choose and he can make mm-hmm. good choices and bad choices. And so I said, well, let's just play with if you took full, complete ownership, full, complete personal responsibility for the way that you feel, how does it feel just shifting your language to instead of, oh, I feel intimidated to say, I'm choosing to feel intimidated. And he felt the mm-hmm. difference in his body. And he was like, oh, I, I'm choosing to feel intimidated. And thus by choosing to feel intimidated, like, I actually feel like that's kind of a bullshit story that I'm telling myself. Like, it actually feels less true because like, if I'm choosing that, then what if I chose a different choice? What if I chose an idea that these people really want me to succeed by going into this room because they want to set me up for success. They want me to be good at my job because other that makes them look better for their next, you know, evolution of where they're going. And so instead of a story of intimidation that he was telling himself, he was able to go into a meeting and feel very confident in his creative skill set because of shifting that story. You know, you've had an amazing background in learning about you. I want you to kind of share your background, how you've gotten to this place. And when did this start really clicking for you? Because you've had a lot of successes along the way, but did it did it click for you at the very first time you had success? Or when did it really start happening for you where you formulated this concept? I wish it clicked for me the first time I had success. Right. I, 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 I really you know, wish it didn't, but you know, I want to hear your story. Well, because I think the thing was it clicked for me in one area of my life. So I regularly tell my clients it's not new level, new devils. It's new level. It's the same dang devil, but in a different form. And our egos tell us a story that, oh, because it's a different form, then we must need something new and different and sparkly and bedazzled. No, it's probably the same success strategy that worked last time for this other area of your life. And so for me, I found my power to choose initially back when I was 18, 19 years old, struggling with an eating disorder. I was blessed to be um, to meet up with a friend who was saying, oh, I'm, I'm learning Pilates because we both were screenwriters together. And she said, oh, I'm, le- I'm learning Pilates. Would you mind being a test dummy? And I was like, well, the Hollywood celebrities do. Pilates, so I might as well try. And I tried it, and it was the first time I felt good in my body. And so it was the first time I realized, um, knowing what I know now, that I got to feel what parasympathetic activation is. Because prior to that, I'd grown up in a home with an addict. Both my parents were entrepreneurs, so I learned the entrepreneurial mindset, the hustle, the like, the the you know, it's the responsibility of it. It's on you to produce the income for for the month. But I also saw the the downside of the addiction, the um, the trauma, the erraticness, and it didn't help that my dad was an addict. So I developed these coping mechanisms. One was bulimia. And when I found Pilates, I was able to actually regulate my nervous system, which was a huge piece, especially for business owners, um, that is not really talked about a lot is the nervous system regulation. Because when you're in a high stress environment, if you don't know how to deregulate, because our bodies are supposed to oscillate, we're supposed to move from sympathetic nervous system into parasympathetic. So it's not that one is good or bad or or right or wrong. Like you want to have that fight, flight, freeze when you're like going for that deal, when you're making that big presentation. Like you want to have that surge of energy when you're going for that goal. 
And you want to also be able to deregulate your nervous system. And that's what Pilates taught me to do. And through Pilates and through teaching, I found – because I immediately, six months in, I was like, if I can feel this good in my body, then I can help – I need to help others do that. And so I I started out as a Pilates instructor for 10 years. Um, Within the first year, I learned so much about leadership around belief systems. And because I was in a different environment learning from my clients and hearing all of their stories – I started to question the, my own stories of the ones that I was telling myself. And that's why I love going on podcasts like yours, Greg and Russ, because like what you're doing is you are exposing people to different stories that allow them to challenge their own belief systems about how things quote unquote should be. And because our brains are wired to survive, they're not necessarily wired to thrive. And so if we can challenge the stories that are currently keeping us in a survival mode, then that's what can lead us into a really, truly thriving life, business, and holistic fulfillment. So fast forward, because I was um, a Pilates instructor, I had an opportunity to jump into e-commerce and an e-commerce business as a consultant. I immediately saw the product. It was a startup. And I was like, oh, I don't just want to be a uh, consultant. I want to be a partner. And I leaped in both feet forward, not like I was entrepreneur, like that entrepreneurial mindset of like startup, small, scrappy. My business partner was not. And so unfortunately, I, I, like fortunately and unfortunately, like it was it was two years of a lot of challenge of decision making because we had not set the what I call the subconscious foundation of values for the business and for how we made decisions. And so thus we were constantly on two different paths, making decisions in different ways. I w- I'm a quick start in the Colby. So like I, I go fast, I go hard and I'm like, I will apologize later. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like I, I will have typos in my emails and I'm just, it'll, it'll get sent out. I'll apologize for it later. Um, but my, my business partner was very different. And so he was more old school. He was much older than I was. Um, and so he made decisions differently. And because of that, there led to a lot of friction. And eventually I was, I was, um, he told me he wanted to buy me out three months before I was supposed to be married to my husband, oh, um, who wasn't my business partner. Thank God. But, you know, in the, in the three months of, you know, pre-wedding planning, when you're supposed to be like cake testing and napkin choosing uh-huh. and all that stuff, I was dealing with my worst nightmare of lawyers who don't send you the nicest emails when they're not on your side. Oh, and Christ. suddenly- I had all of these belief systems that I thought I'd handled, like the not enoughness, the my education status, my my ability to run a business, things that I hadn't questioned ever in my career. I'd always been very audacious in my various careers with what I wanted, if I wanted it, if, if, if it felt like a hell yes, I would go for it. Um, and suddenly for the first time in my life, after I was bought out of that company, even though on, on my honeymoon with my husband, I came up with the idea for crown yourself and my coaching business. I had a year and a half after that, where I was so timid and so doubtful and I had imposter syndrome and I'd never experienced those belief systems before when it came to the form of my career. I certainly did though, when it came to my body, like years ago and Fast forward a year and a half into my business making no money. I like not a dime. I found out I was pregnant, realized that the person that I had become through that process was a very similar reminder of an old identity that I had had back when I was struggling with bulimia, which was I was filled with blame 
I was blaming everybody else around me. It was my business partner's fault for where I was. It was um, the economy's fault. It was this fault. It was it was my fault. I was I was very skilled at either blaming myself super harshly or everybody else. I was complaining every day. I found myself incredibly negative. And when I when I realized I was pregnant, I was like, I don't want to be that. I don't want that to be the role that I'm in that sets the standard for my child. Child, like for me, the role of a mom is. I hold that role with such honor and respect. And I think that if you're going to be a parent, be a, be a damn good one. And so I knew that what I was struggling with was a mindset piece. Um, I knew that I could overcome it because I'd overcome bulimia with no psychological or medical intervention. I'd completely transformed my perceptions around my body. I just didn't know how to do it for my business and my finances. And I knew I had a nine-month deadline, so I immediately got to work. And I started out um, – I mean, I got certified in NLP, timeline therapy, and hypnosis because I knew I needed a process in order to uh, work myself through. And I did. And I started within a few months, I started getting my first client and then I got my second client. And then it just grew from there. And I was able to take a little time off for my for maternity. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I also knew that, and this is something that I think a lot of women who are high achievers don't necessarily touch on. Um, is like I knew after I had my baby that if that was all that I was to do, like I would, it wouldn't be fulfilling enough for me. Like I love being a mother. I absolutely love being a parent. I love my kids more than anything. They are my driving why. And I am the, I, I'm just not a stay-at-home mom, and I have so much respect for those who are, but I know that I'm the mom who also needs to be intellectually stimulated. I need creative big problems, and I knew that when I had my son that if I was just going to be sitting there watching him like be very still and just poop, eat, and feed, I that would not serve me well mentally and for my mental health. And so I loved growing my business. I say I had twins. I grew both my, my business and and that's the thing. Like you got to figure out like yourself, right? Like what, and, and you're, you're applying that to your business. Like, what do you need? What do you want? What's your desires? What's your, and, and you now, okay. Twins that, that works yeah. out. Uh, I want to I want to dig more into this story. We do have to take a short break here. Actually, wait, I, I got to change my language. I'm going to show that I learned from you. Uh, we get to take a short break here uh, <laughs> and hear from our sponsors. Uh, we'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation on DIY for Business. Thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, a part of the best business network and Electrocast Media. You can head over to electrocast.com. Check out all those fine podcasts over there. Uh, there's a lot of them. There's like, I don't know. I, I think we, we we did the math. It's about 70-ish, it's something about along 70 those lines. It's podcasts on Electrocast right now, yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Yep. Lots of business podcasts as well. And, and um, speaking of podcasts, uh, we've got your pickleball podcast as well, Greg. Um, right. right. We got, <laughs> we got, we got third, shot, third shot. Third podcast. shot. We got to, we got to plug that one. It's brand new, just started. And please and do. If you Go haven't check played it out. pickleball, it doesn't matter. Join us. Maybe we will uh, get you excited about uh, learning the game. It's uh, so much fun. That is exactly. so delightfully niche. <laughs> Right? right? Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? I, I, mean, I know how much you're in the fitness. Have you ever played pickleball yet? 
I think I played it in like eighth grade PE. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people say that, right? A lot of people say, yeah, back in middle school or high school when it was raining or something like that, they said, hey, let's go play some pickleball in the gym or whatever. It is an amazing game. It is, uh, I mean, I, I just, I've, I've, I've fallen in love with pickleball. And I, and I think for people that want to be active and smile and have fun with other people, it's a great way to do it. Is it kind of like tennis? It's kind of like tennis. It's kind of like ping pong. Um, it's played with a paddle versus a racket. Um, it's played with a plastic kind of wiffle ball-y is, is kind of the ball. Uh, but you are hitting it over a net. It kind of has its own rules. But yeah, it kind of combines a lot of different racket and, and paddle sports into one. And it's just an amazing game that like it, it's one of the few games that you can see an eight-year-old playing with a 78-year-old. That's very cool. Yeah. And you could you're you're males playing with males, females playing with females, mixed doubles. I mean, it's it's such a variety. My niece is the one who uh, introduced me and she's my co-host on, you know, Third Shot podcast and, you know, she's much younger than I am, but we totally bond over playing pickleball together. That's amazing. I I I mean, for me, I'm I'm a there's, there's a book called Con- The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, and it breaks down your style of play. And I'm a kinesthete. So like with my kids, I love – I am the one who's like out there practicing the basketball with them or taking them on like runs or walks. And I love being active with my children. And, and I think that that's just good in general just because of the rise of childhood obesity. And I'd prefer to uh, not have that. <laughs> in my family. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things that I, that I like about like uh, looking at like what my kids are talking about. So I have teenagers, right. Yeah. And I, I heard a conversation the other day, there were some kids over and, and they were talking about like just conversation about, Oh yeah. You know, that, that makes me a little anxious. I don't do that because blah, 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 blah. They're talking about like anxiety. They're talking about like sharing their feelings and, and all of these things. And I'm thinking back to like, you know, the, the nineties, it's like, um, I don't know. We, we talked about what we were going to get from Taco Bell uh, <laughs> like when the Nirvana concert was going to be I mean, like, we, we didn't share those, those thoughts and, and feelings with each other. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's nice to have that now where kids are actually talking about that. And there's like, you know, like for, for little kids, there's like the Komochi training and all these different things that people are doing. There's, it's, it's great that that is making its way in, but I, I do feel like with a lot of, you know, the, at the business owner age, like we didn't deal with that. Like we didn't get that right. We didn't deal with our emotions. <laughs> we just, oh, yeah. we were and like, emotional kinda, reactivity. Mm, you know, kids, yeah. kids are, uh, what, uh, seen and not heard or whatever they would say. You know? like, that's what we had. And so like, do you find that in dealing with, with business owners now, it's, it's in that particular age group, like it's, it's a little more difficult to, to get them to actually recognize their feelings and, and make a change. I work with a lot of Gen Xers. Like I would say 95% of my clients are Gen Xers and I'm, what I see is that it's less about they're they're self-aware about their feelings. They're not sure how to bring 
those feelings out and through or communicate them. It's yeah. it's less about it's not about the self-awareness. It's more about the communication of those feelings to their partners, associates, team, etc. Um that's I, I found the Gen X generation tends to be very very self-aware. They they know they have emotions. That uh, many of them have done therapy, um, so they're aware. But it's that next step of how do you communicate and still maintain a position of authority and influence mm-hmm. over your team when also saying, you know, guys, I'm I'm having a bit of a rough time and I'm feeling um, some challenges. I mean, just recently, this past year has been incredibly hard for me, and I had to be a, a, a walk my talk. Because I lost, I lost my dad, I lost my grandma, I lost my aunt, and well, just one year, and then a family Jeez. friend as well, and and so leading in a space of grief and saying, yeah, I'm recognizing that some of my old trauma patterns are coming up of like waiting to the last minute to get something done, not really following through on a plan. I'm recognizing that these patterns are coming up because it's a place of safety from the intensity of the emotions that I'm feeling. Um, and being able to just communicate that to my team to say like, I'm, I am working on it. And sometimes I, um, I'm also processing grief. And so we'll do the best that we can with the resources that we have and we'll keep moving forward toward our goals. And I think when you can just lead from that place of authenticity and truth and share your experiences, people have a lot more compassion than you think that they do. And I found it specifically more so with um, the past two years and, and the pandemic and with um, people's understanding and grace for kids too. Like I also in that year had a baby. So like that um, people's grace for, you know, being able to say, hey, you know, if my kid walks in or if my dog walks in, like that's okay. So there's there's a bit more of a blend of the holistic aspects of we're not just putting things into these little boxes of this is my business box and this is my relationship box and this is my body box and our lives blend together. And one of the common patterns that I've seen is that a lot of Gen Xers liked to put their 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 pieces in a box and and didn't feel like they really translated home. But who you are at your work is going to come through at home and what you're doing, yeah. the problems, struggles, and challenges, it's going to if impact and affect your relationships. So learning how to be emotional, like not only emotionally aware, but to communicate that to your partner, to your team, to your clients, um, and all of that, that's incredibly important. Yeah. And I, I you know, obviously the, the first time you try to do that is going to be the hardest. And then as you do it, as you become accustomed to it, it, it does get a heck of a lot easier. You know, Greg and I working together for years, it was like, you know, at, at first, I mean, we didn't have the the relationship now that we, that we have. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We didn't have the relationship back then that we do now. I mean, it, it's like, you know, I mean, I feel like I could say anything to Greg, you know, like he, he knows, like, <laughs> like he knows me so well. And, you know, it, it's like, I don't know how we first opened that up, but I think it was probably over burritos. It had to have been. It had to have been. <laughs> okay, we got to take another uh, short break here. Or, I'm sorry, we get to take another short break. I'm trying to change the language because we job. are happy that we have sponsors. So please do uh, pay attention during these uh, if you can and support our sponsors. Uh, we'll be right back with more DIY for Business. Welcome 
Welcome back to DIY for Business with Russ and Greg. Uh, please go out and check thebestbusinessnetwork.com where you're going to find a lot of fantastic business podcasts as well as electrocast.com where you can find a podcast of all different types. And today we are lucky enough to be joined by Kimberly Spencer. And before the break, Kimberly, I have to just really give you credit because you're an amazing person where you are so open and candid about your life and the challenges that you've had. You share it with your team. Um, and I just feel that a lot of business owners, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm going to throw this out. I think especially men have a difficult time expressing those challenges because they feel it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Russ is talking like kind of at our age group, you know, we didn't learn to share feelings and emotions, mm-hmm. and especially the challenges that you know, we all have them. It's just that we 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 never taught to, to share them, but I think society is getting to a point now where we're starting to do it more often. But I'm just wondering, in in your line of work, are you more challenged with men versus women, and how do you get them to see that it's not a weakness, it's a strength to be able to share that? Yeah, I mean, I see it <clears throat> actually equally. <clears throat> Excuse me. I see it equally through both men and women um, because it's actually, it's less of a gender thing. It's more of an uh, energy thing of the masculine energy. So that masculine energy, like women have it too. And it's that direct, it allows you to go for your goals. It's, um, it's, there's a, there's a directness to it. And for a lot of the women that I work with, high achievers tend to have a strong dominance of masculine energy where could, that's how they, that's how you achieve. Like if we all were just feminine energy, then that's the feminine energy is very flowy and um, it, they, they like to do what feels good. But if it doesn't have direction, it's not actually going anywhere. So a lot of the high achievers I work with have that strong, high masculine energy And where we can get a little tripped up is both men and women in that fear of being weak. I completely identify with that and and have had that myself a lot. And and I think this past year, 2021, certainly humbled me um, in being able to just honor my quote unquote weakness and just treat that as like the vulnerability of, of being understanding that it's not it's not being weak. It's allowing myself to be vulnerable, which actually is an act of courage. If you're familiar with Brene Brown's work. Mm -hmm. So I was very transparent with my struggles, with my challenges that I was going through because I literally did not have the strength to be strong. Um, and it was also, and ironically, here's the interesting perception in other people's minds, because I was open and vulnerable and, courageous with communicating it, they actually thought I was stronger. Like, <laughs> and, and I've seen no. the same, the same, um, perception paradigm with perfectionism. I call it the Jennifer Lawrence and Hathaway paradigm. If you're from, if you remember like back in 2013, um, Jennifer Lawrence was like flipping off the cameras with her Oscar talking about how she was eating McDonald's in the limo and was like very honest and transparent with who she is. Anne Hathaway and her publicity team was very much keeping her like she is an Oscar winner. She is an, and, and she got ripped to shreds. 
Now, I, I don't know either of these women. I think they're both phenomenal actresses, but she got torn apart because how she was being perceived in the media was perfect. And the thing is, is there's a perfection paradigm in our minds that the more perfect we think someone is, the more our unconscious mind is like, they're full of, they're full of crap. Because, mm, right. because unconsciously, we know we're not perfect. Like you and I, we're, we're filled with a beautiful human flaws, weaknesses, challenges, struggles. And so when we see someone and we perceive them as perfect, our unconscious minds immediately don't trust them. And so- in your desire as a leader to build trust with your team, leading from a and, and your clients and your customers, leading from a place of authenticity and transparency, not necessarily like I've because I've seen it taken to the far end of the spectrum where it's oversharing, over vulnerable that could actually put your position, uh, re- make it seem like you aren't qualified for your position. So there is a line, there's boundaries. But being able to understand that by being courageous, by focusing on the lesson, and that's typically what I found is if you can focus on the lessons that you're learning, the growth that you're receiving from the challenges that you're facing, then people will see that and they'll they'll see you in an authentic light of leadership and influence as well, because your vulnerability is not correlated to blame. It's not complaining. It's not bitching. It's being very clear, honest, and communicative that you're learning and growing through this. And we as humans understand on, on an unconscious collective level that we all are growing in, in some way through our pain and struggles. Yeah. You know, I, I did a, um, God, now I, 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 I am plugging another podcast. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I did a, I did a podcast, uh, my, one of my learning more episodes on, uh, perfectionism mm-hmm. and how like this chase for perfect is like, it's impossible first of all. It's and paralyzing the, like, for people. Yeah. And, and how we've, we've actually changed the, the word perfect and, and the meaning behind it where it's actually, you know, it doesn't mean like, or it shouldn't mean that, you know, it's, it's as we think of it, like everything is just perfectly aligned, <laughs> you know, everything where eh, maybe there's some, you know, and it, it, it's so interesting and in how, like, I feel like the perfection thing just, okay, you've got that. And then you've got the imposter syndrome. Like, I just feel like those line up so well with each other where like you chase for perfectionism. So, you know, like, Oh, I can't do this because I can't be perfect. So I I'm, you know, whatever, I, I can't post this blog article because I, I don't feel like I'm qualified enough to do it because it's not perfect or I can't do this because, and it's, it, it freezes people so much where they just can't jump in and do something, uh, you know, that's going to benefit their business where they're just, they've got that fear. Um, so that's a lot of, like a lot of your book gets into this. I want to talk about some of the successes, some of the outcomes, uh, though, that, that as a result of getting past all of that, like once you're on the other side of it, what do you see uh, from your clients? My clients have gone on to become the number one in their business and their industry and their country. They've gone on to fulfill their childhood dreams and buy themselves a plane because they finally gave themselves the permission that it's safe to want what you want and without any need for 
any other external piece. Like so many people have so much guilt and shame around wanting what they want. And especially if you, if uh, I was actually at a table just recently talking about this, if for a lot of women or, and men who have grown up with not, you know, not a significant amount of like big T trauma, like in their life. And they're like, everything's kind of middle of the road and they, they did pretty well and they grew up in a nice house and they're like, who am I to want more? And I'm Mm. like, who are you not to want more? Like, so, so I've seen my clients go on and they reconnect with their estranged children. They're able to heal communication boundaries. They're able to set up boundaries. They've, um, lost business partners and, and in a good way for them. And it's it's in a good way, um, gone on to double their best months, double their list Mm -hmm. size, double their customer size and get the, the hell yes customers versus the ones who are fully aligned with their values, with what they personally believe and, um, with their personal values and our values are a subconscious operating system of how we make decisions. And so, for example, like if you have if you don't really specify what your values are for your business, you're you're in the space of vanilla marketing and vanilla vanilla operations and vanilla team. So you will get people who, you know, they'll come in, they'll do their job, they'll get their paycheck, they'll leave. Versus if you have a value that's like one of our company core values is grow or die. And so we look at everything through the lens of like, is this growing? Is this growing us? Is this growing us as a team? Is this developing us or is this not? And like one of my clients, one of her core values when we work together, she realized it's having a can-do attitude. And she realized that the business partner that she had did not have that attitude. And thus that that's probably why there was a lot of friction going in. And then there was an income disparity between their partnership of what the, she her expectations were. And so they they parted ways and it was a fantastic release for her because as they did, she also had about 100 community members out of her 10,000 community members leave because they didn't live by this can-do attitude. They were complainers. They were the ones who constantly emailed mm-hmm. of like, oh, I don't understand this project. I can't do it. This is too hard. And they would be the ones who constantly ask for refunds versus when she started living create, living and creating her business in alignment with a can-do attitude. She started attracting new team members who were totally just like, yeah, give me more projects. Like, yeah, like let me, let me lean into that. Oh, I don't know how to do that, but I can learn how to do it so I can figure it out. And she started, she doubled her list size, doubled her best month ever because she started having and leaning into that, the genius zone of what it was that her values created and the products and services it provided that transformation to really allow her customers to lean into having their own can-do attitude. So the results like of what it, you're really, oh, sorry, Kimberly, it sounds like what ahead, you're providing please. your clients is a freedom that they've never had before. And 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 yeah. feeling good about you know wanting that freedom and having that freedom just running with it, yeah. And typically, the the freedom also requires having structure, um, which a lot of my entrepreneurs will resist initially, and in building more structure. And I like to use this metaphor of like when you're wanting to get to a destination, like let's say you want to fly to Hawaii, you don't leap off a cliff and like flap your arms and like actually think that you're going to land in Hawaii. You get on a plane, 
it's a system and it has a structure and it has pilots and it has crew. So you can sit back in your structure and have the freedom to just enjoy the ride and get trust that the people who are operating will get you to your destination. Well, that's the role of the CEO and the founder is to set up, build the plane, build the team so that you tr- so that you can get to your destination as a unit, land safely. Everyone wants to land safely and and <laughs> get to Hawaii and, you know, enjoy your Mai Tai. And that's that's the piece of when you create more f- the desire to have more freedom and so many entrepreneurs get into business because they're like I want to be free and then they they realize that they've actually gone from having that one role in a company to that now they're operating in 24 different roles from bookkeeper to marketing to social media to podcaster and it's about learning what are the roles that you actually need to support you to get to that next evolution of your plane so we're moving from like a prop plane to maybe like a a nice steady jet stream and then moving into, you know, a nice G6. So, but you got to build the evolutions of the plane initially, like our planes have evolved. And so what is that evolution of the initial team of like your Wright brothers plane that you're building then then gets you to that next space. So then you can evolve and improve and innovate. Um, But it comes from having that growth mindset and it comes from really leaning into the possibility of, what is possible for the future plane for future destinations for for pushing that next innovation once you've tested tried worked and found your system and then that system will evolve again so there's so much to to talk about around this i like I said, you know, I, I think I, I don't know how many times I've said this throughout this these different podcasts that we've done it's great that these are being talked about, right? Like that we're actually talking about this on a podcast. If this were a podcast in the Mad Men days, we would just be talking about, you know, what kind of alcohol we were drinking today. <laughs> so I, I love that these are topics that we're talking about on a business podcast, you know? <laughs> it's just fantastic. Unfortunately, though, you know, there's always the time constraint of, of how long we can talk about these various things. And there's so much more to learn about this. So uh, if somebody wanted to continue this and learn more from you, how do they go about doing that? You head on over to crownyourself.com and just hit the button that says work with me. And I'd love to have a conversation with you about how we can get you more freedom and get you standing out in your industry. Will you, will you also Why don't you uh, plug your book one more time? <laughs> uh, we have the, uh, the Amazon bestselling book, The Start, Journey to Entrepreneurship, all about, and it's me and a collection of other authors of, of su- successful entrepreneurs of how we've been able to create businesses and this is my third business and I can definitely say it's my favorite one because the other two were like stumble and fumble along the way Um, (laughs) but it's a different evolution and innovation and playing and now I get to help other clients uh, really evolve their businesses so that their business supports them and their lifestyle because every client I've ever worked with comes to me because they want more freedom nice well thank you so much for joining us today Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it, Greg. And Russ, you just, you two are so amazing. And I love your dance skills. Oh, <laughs> again, you made my day. I'm going to take that for the whole week. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Kimberly. It was so much fun and informative. 
And thank you for listening and subscribing and reviewing. I always forget that reviewing part. You got to do that. Don't you forget it. I may forget it off the script here, but you you can't do that. Uh, Please do uh, listen, subscribe and review each week. DIY for Business, a part of the Best Business Network and Electrocast Media. The subjects that we cover on this podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow. All of the information provided is opinion-based, and you might want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation. Greg and I, come on, we want to cover like these topics that affect your business. So let us know what those are, what you're interested in. Go to DIYforbusinesspodcast.com. The link is in the description. Thanks for listening. I left my last line off. I'm going to do that one time. We thank you again for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, where you are not alone. Electric Welcome to Get Real with Dr. Renee. With her extensive experience as a double CEO, therapist, and renowned treatment specialist, Dr. Calvert's approach to recovery and emotional freedom is unique and diverse. Dr. Calvert's innovative and unfiltered perspective sheds light on the importance of being human and encourages guests and listeners to get real. Joined by Bindi Hyde, producer, coach, and founder of Ethical Change Agency on a mission to spread collective change, understanding that it starts with us. It's time to get real. Our world is changing faster than we know it, leading us into a technological revolution that's shaping our future in real time. Join us to meet these innovative startup leaders who are creating mind-blowing new AI applications, autonomous robot systems, and so much more. I'm Johnny Kaplan, your host on the Tech Talk Revolution podcast. Electric acid.